Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Matthew 11 and verse 28. uh, I feel like God has just really laid some things on my heart to share with you tonight. And and, uh, I really hope that, that something in this speaks to you. I believe that it will. I believe the Holy Spirit will do that. And because what we're sharing is it's not Ben's thoughts. You don't want to hear Ben's thoughts on life, promise you. Uh, what you want to hear is what God wants you to hear. And I believe that. And uh, I believe that he's got something for you tonight. In Matthew 11, verse 28, he says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. This is Jesus speaking. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. But you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come to me, all who, you who are labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. When we look at these scriptures, when we, typically when we look at this verse, What we typically do is we focus on what we're giving Him. We look at it and it's true and it's a powerful powerful picture of what we give God. We give Him our, our hopelessness. We give Him our weariness. We give Him our hurt. That's what happens when we get, when we get saved. We, we give to Him. Those things that are weighing us down. We focus on what we're going to give Him. We focus on those things that are perhaps weighing us down. Say, Lord, can you take this? Lord, I want to give this to you. Lord, I give you my hurt. I give you my pain. But we forget that this, what this verse talks about is He says, those come to me, all those who are labor and heavy laden, uh, who, and who are heavy laden. And I, God speaking, Jesus speaking, says, He says, I will give you rest. That it's not a one way transaction, but it's a two way thing. That when I come to Him, I give Him my hurt and my pain and my weariness, and He has something to give me back in return. It goes on and it says here, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I'm gentle and lonely in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's an interesting word that Jesus uses here, burden. It's always been an interesting verse that I've looked at because really there's, it, it, it contradicts itself a little bit almost, doesn't it? Because a burden typically is not light. When we think of a burden, we think of something that is heavy. But what Jesus says is, He says, I have a burden that I want to give you. But this burden, yes, it's something that you're going to carry. But it's something that's going to feel light because you're equipped to carry it. And what I felt that God wanted me to share to you tonight is I want to talk about real quickly about beautiful burdens. I want to talk about the burdens that I believe we are called to as Christians to carry. Burdens that God has equipped us 
to carry as part of the Christian walk and the walk with Jesus that he has called us to. In 2 Corinthians 4 and 17, he says, For our affliction, but is for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. There's a burden of his glory that we are called to carry. I want to give you real quickly four quick burdens as Christians that we're called to carry. The first burden we need to carry is found in Matthew 28 and verse 18 in the Great Commission when Jesus says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given unto me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of the nations baptizing them in the name of the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you and lo I am with you always even to the end of the age there is a burden that we as Christians are called to carry and it's the burden for people or the burden for souls when, 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 when the Bible talks about Jesus and talks about Jesus and it says that when Jesus looked at Jerusalem, it said Jesus looked at Jerusalem and wept over Jerusalem. I want to challenge you tonight, church. Do you carry the burden for souls? Do you carry the burden for lost people that consumes you, that breaks you out of your own fear of man, that breaks you out of your own little Christian circles that we seem to sometimes surround ourselves in and puts us strategically around lost people? Why? Because we have a burden for souls. There's a beautiful burden that I believe needs to get upon the church of Jesus Christ today where we are so consumed with winning lost people to Jesus that we cannot help but talk out about it. It's a burden for souls. I believe God's been speaking to me about renewing our burden for lost people, our burden to see people won into the kingdom of God. It's a burden for souls. When we get up here and we ask people, you saw a great example. We ask people and hardly just about a handful of people respond. But a burden will push you again and say, ask again, push again. And you see the altars fall. A burden, when you get a burden for souls, it'll cause you to step outside what's comfortable into the uncomfortable because you're desperate to see someone encounter Jesus. I want to tell you, church, we have to be people that carry a burden for the lost. Matthew 9 and verse 37, he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray that the Lord of the heart for the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. It's time for us as a church and as Christians to get a greater burden for lost people. It needs to be something that we carry as a weight that weighs upon us. I've got to talk about Jesus today. 
Not in a weird way, not in a way of condemning people and speaking fear and judgment over people, but in a weighty burden that says, Holy Spirit, show me today what to say to someone. Holy Spirit, I'm looking. I want to be led by you today. I want my steps ordered by the Lord. Order my steps today so that I can just share with someone about the goodness of God. Order my steps today. I've got a burden for souls today. We've got this awesome opportunity as a church coming up. We've done something that is going to be amazing. I really believe it's going to be significant for us as a church this Easter. Free Chapel this Easter. We're not going to be in this room. We have rented out the Bren Center at UCI. I believe God has spoken to, when I say us, I mean us as a church. That we're going to do one service. You'll hear more about it. We're going to do one Easter Sunday service at 11 a.m. in the Bren Center. We're going to have Matt Redman there. We're going to do worship. We're going to preach Jesus. We're going to fill the Bren Center. And we are going to see, I felt God speak to me and say, declare it. We're going to see over 1,000 decisions for Jesus Christ on Easter Sunday. i got a burden for it. It's not just a number that we're throwing out there. It's not just going to be a gathering of people just singing Kumbaya because it's Easter Sunday. It's going to be the church being activated to be what God has called us to be with a burden for souls and a burden for our city. Come on, make some noise. If you believe God's about to do something in Orange County, I've got a burden for souls. And I'm putting it on the church. I'm putting it on each and every one of you. Who will you bring to the Bren come Easter Sunday? Who's going to bring, who is going to come? I know you'll be there. I know our church will be there. But listen, let me tell you something. Hear my heart. I love you. But Easter Sunday at the Bren is not about you. I love you. Listen, come hang with me next week. We can hang out. We'll go do lunch. But listen, the Bren Center on Easter Sunday is not about us. It's about our city. It's about us bringing every single lost person that doesn't know Jesus to come and hear the message of Jesus Christ and the message of the cross. It's a burden for souls. I've got a burden for souls. It's a beautiful burden that God has called us to carry. It's the weight, a weight for people. Second one, real quickly, is a weight for your purpose. It's a burden for your purpose, for the plan God has for your life. For the destiny that's upon your life. When you feel like giving up and feel like checking out, it'll be a burden for your purpose that will get you up in the morning the next day. And so I know God has something for me to do today. It's a burden for you. Do you have a burden for your purpose and your destiny? Because if you don't have a burden for what God has called you to do, you will give up the moment things get difficult. Philippians 3 and verse 12, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on 
that I may lay hold of that which Jesus Christ has also laid hold of for me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. When you feel down and out a burden for your purpose, a burden for your destiny, do you have a burden, businessmen and women, at what God has called you to do with that business? If you don't have a burden for that purpose, you can very quickly get distracted thinking it's about you. If you don't have that, that beautiful burden, for your purpose and your destiny, you could get off track so quickly. I love the story of Samson. You know the story of Samson with the hair and the guns. And, and Samson had this crazy, went through his crazy journey and he got set up and went through a whole series of mistakes. But I love it just when, think about, they had plucked out his eyes and they were making a fool of him. But Samson, what did he do? He remembered in the very last few moments, he recognised and he, he remembered rather that, that burden for his purpose that God still had something for him to do. Even though he was down, he wasn't out. And the Bible says his greatest victory happened in those last few moments because he had a burden for his purpose. I want to tell someone tonight, that feels like giving up. Don't quit. There's something great God has for you. Don't quit because your best is yet to come. The greatest things are ahead of you. You just got to get a renewed burden for your purpose and for your destiny in Jesus Christ. Make some noise if you hear me tonight. It's a burden. I'm burdened with my purpose. I'm burdened with the destiny that's upon my life. Do you have a burden for the purpose that God has for your family? There's purpose. Don't give up, parents. There's purpose upon those kids. Don't check out. I know it's hard. I know they're looking crazy. I know they're going through things, but you've got to get a burden. That's what it's like being a parent. Get a burden for your kids. If they haven't got their burden yet, you get it for them. You pray them in. You declare destiny. You declare purpose. You speak over them. You declare it over them every single day while they're out clubbing and out getting crazy. Keep speaking. I know there's a purpose. I know there's a destiny. I cancel the devil's assignment over those kids. I cancel every demonic attack over them. I declare purpose. I declare greatness. I declare they're going to be world changers. I declare they're going to be in church tonight. I declare they're going to walk into the fullness of God, you've got to get a burden, a burden for your purpose. What's God, what's God called you to do? Get that burden upon your life. Are you still with me? The other burden. Picture of the Ark of the Covenant. Through the Old Testament. But in Exodus 25, it talks about the Ark of the Covenant and how the Levites were actually called to carry the Ark of the Covenant. Said that they had to put four gold rings on each corner of the Ark and they would put two poles through the Ark and it took four Levites on either end and they would put the pole on their shoulder and carry it. 
want to tell you that as the church, as Christians, we have to know what it is to carry the burden or the weight of his presence upon our lives. This is a powerful thing if you can catch this. This is something powerful about being in the presence of God and feeling the weight, the weight of the presence of God. I feel the weight of his presence tonight in this room. It's not just an airy-fairy little thing that gives me the goosebumps and helps me feel good for a moment, but there's a weight that comes when the glory of God is in a place. We've got to know what it is to carry the burden and the weight of His presence. In Hebrew, the word kavod is used to express the idea of glory in relation to God. The word kavod means weight or heaviness. In 2 Chronicles 5 and 13, indeed it came to pass when the trumpets and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voices with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music, basically when they began to praise, saying for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Look at this, that the house, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud so that the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. It's the weight of His presence. I want you to get that picture in your mind of those Levites carrying that Ark of the Covenant. Have you ever had to carry something in the natural? Have you ever had to carry something really heavy on your shoulder? If you know what I'm talking about, I used to, when I was younger, I did construction and we'd often have to have to carry something really, really heavy. You know what I noticed about when you have to carry something really heavy? Yes, it, it weighs you down, but you actually walk different when you carry something heavy. I want to talk to those young people here tonight, those teenagers and those, those young adults that are here tonight that are trying to live right and trying to obey all the commands and trying to do everything God's called you to do and try and keep on the right track. What will be the thing that will keep you walking right with God? It'll be the weight of the presence of God that will change your walk. It'll be when you get in services like this and you start to sense the presence of God. It'll be the presence of God that will, what happens is you end up walking towards what's weighing on you. If you're carrying a weight on one side, you'll start to walk toward that side. You want to stay in line with God's purpose and destiny and plan for your life. You've got to know what it is to have the weight of heaven upon you, the weight of His presence. It'll keep you clean. It'll keep you living right. That's what we need is we need some people that know what it is to have the weight, the weight of His presence. I remember even when in my backslidden years because I had encountered God at a young age. I'd been in the youth camps, I'd been in the church services. I had encountered His presence. So those moments when I would run from God and yeah, I messed up and yeah, I got into stupid things. But whenever there'll be opportunities to even go further, it was the weight 
I would just remember that feeling of the weight of the presence of God that just kept me right. That kept me away from things that I know the enemy was going to use to take me even further down a bad track. One of the most beautiful burdens we can carry as Christians is the weight or the burden of His presence. We need it every single day in our life, church. Carrying the weight of His presence. Last thing I want to share with you is something that I really felt God give me for for us as a church. And, and it's different to the other ones. In Deuteronomy 21, Deuteronomy 28, I'm sorry. And verse 1, this is a, a word from God that Moses is Moses. Through Deuteronomy, Moses is recounting, if you like, the story of the Israelites. Moses speaks over them. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe, observe carefully all His commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above the nations of the earth. And all, all the blessings... Look at this. All the blessings shall come upon you. Not only that, they're going to come upon you, but they are also going to overtake you because you obeyed the voice of the Lord your God. This week as we're praying in, in business prayer on Thursday morning, I felt God give me this picture. I want to share it with you as I'm going to start to close. Keys can come but as we were praying and 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 you know the every thursday morning we pray as as uh we open it up to prayer we just lead people to pray those of you that um you know have a heart for real it's really a heart for your workplace whatever your work life might be whether it's in the business arena or or health or education whatever it might be people that have a heart for your finances and for your workplace Six thirty every thursday morning and we were praying and, and we were declaring blessing and declaring fruitfulness over people's lives, over their finances and over their businesses. And I felt like the Lord speak to me this odd word. And Lord said to me, I'm about to overwhelm you. Which is such a weird thing to say because often we refer to overwhelmment as being not a good thing. I'm like, God, what do you mean? <laughs> Like, this is the stuff I pray that doesn't happen. <laughs> God spoke to me so clearly and said, I'm about to overwhelm you with my blessings. I felt like God told me to declare it over our, our, those business people that were praying with me Thursday morning. But I felt like God declare it over our church. That God is about to overwhelm you, pour out upon you so much blessing that you cannot contain it. That it will so overwhelm you that it won't be the blessing that's overwhelming, 
but it will be the goodness of God to bless you that will overwhelm you. That this verse, and God spoke to me out of Deuteronomy and said, I'm going to pour it out upon you. Not only is it going to be poured out upon you, but if you read that verse, it says the blessing I'm about to pour out is not only going to come upon you, but it's going to overtake you. Which means God is not just about to bless your today, He's about to bless your tomorrow. Which means where you go, God has already been and He's setting up blessing for you to walk in. Remember the story of Ruth? Remember Ruth? Story of Ruth. Ruth is out in, in the wheat field. The Bible says that she's threshing wheat, which means she goes behind the harvesters and the harvesters would cut the wheat. And what they would do is people that were in poverty typically would follow the harvesters and just pick up the last little bits. But if you know the story of Ruth, Boaz went to the harvester and said, listen, what I want you to do is I want you to go ahead of Ruth because Ruth would follow him behind. He said, and what I want you to do is I want you to leave on purpose I want you to leave extra for Ruth to come and pick up. And God, I felt like God spoke to me. And this is the last burden. And it's weird because it's different to the other ones. But I felt God say it to me, so I'm going to say it to you. That there's about to become a weight of prosperity. And I know people get weird sometimes when you preach it, but I don't care. I'm going to preach it anyway. Prosperity. There's going to be a weight that's about to come upon you if you'll receive it by faith. That God is about to bless you so much that you're going to say, God, I'm overwhelmed. God, I can't handle this. God, I don't deserve this. God, I, I, I don't deserve this. I'm not smart enough as a businessman. I haven't got the job to be able to make this amount of money. But somehow God is about to bless you and there's about to come on you a weight, a weightiness of the goodness of God. Remember when the spies went out into the promised land and they all came back with a bad report, except for two. And you look at the story, it says that what they did was they came back and they brought, they brought a sample of what was in the promised land. And the Bible says that the grapes... They brought some grapes. The Bible says that the grapes were so big that what they did was they had to hang the cluster of grapes over a pole. And then it says two of them. One put the pole, the one in front put the pole on his shoulder and the dude in the back put the pole on his shoulder. That's what the blessing was. So these two dudes along with everyone else who had a bad report, the two guys, isn't it interesting? Because what they say is the scholars actually say that they suggest that the two men that carried the grapes were Joshua and Caleb. Isn't it interesting that the two that had to carry the blessing were the only two that had a good report? See, I believe it was the reason they had a good report is because their shoulder was still hurting from having to carry all of the blessing. 
that everyone else just saw giants, but there were these two crazy dudes that still had a sore shoulder bruised up from the weight of blessing that they said, I know there's giants, but bro, my shoulder's bruised from just a taste of the blessing. So if this is just a taste, there's gotta be so much more back there. I reckon we can do this. I don't know about you, church, but I'm declaring over you tonight that God's about to bless you, press down, shaking together and running over more, more than you can take. How many receive that right now? Right across this room, stand to your feet and raise your hand. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.